What does someone do when they are trying to escape assassination? Hide in the shadows? Face the killer? Maybe catch a helicopter ride to Malaysia and craft a new album for your rising stardom. That's what Jacob Knight, the infamous Suge Knight's son, said happened to the great Tupac Shakur. These rumors started after the supposed death of the star, back on September 13, 1996. Tupac Shakur was shot multiple times on September 7, 1996, while riding in the passenger seat of Suge Knight's 1996 BMW E38. Six days later, the star was pronounced dead. In this episode, we dive into the conspiracies around his death. Did he really die? Where could he be hiding? Why do so many people think Tupac Shakur is still alive? And if he is, why hasn't he come out yet? Welcome to the Higher Theories Podcast, and part two of Who Killed Tupac Shakur. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you listen to your favorite podcast. On part one, we went over a brief look at Tupac's life, his relationships growing up, his family struggles, his run-ins with the law, his extremely notable music career, and then his untimely death. On this episode, The Conspiracies. So the first conspiracy would be that Tupac faked his own death. This is perhaps the most pervasive theory that emerged after the rapper died, days after he was targeted in a drive-by shooting on the Las Vegas Strip. Conspiracy theorists have rationalized it by pointing to Shakir's respect for political philosopher Niccolo Machiavelli, whose treatise The Art of War has been misconstrued as advocating for faking one's death in order to manipulate an enemy. Machiavelli actually wrote, Sometimes it has been of great moment while the fight is going on to decimate words that pronounce the enemy's captain to be dead or to have been conquered by another part of the army. Many times this has given victory to him who used it. But believing that Machiavelli's espoused faking one's death, fans reasoned that Shakur's adoption of the stage name Machiavelli and the inclusion of the phrase Exit Tupac, Enter Machiavelli in the album sleeve for the Don Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory, 
an album which also depicted Shakur as Jesus Christ, were all deliberate clues left behind by the artist. Theorists have also picked apart a video interview with Shakur's mother, Afini, the only individual besides hospital personnel to see the artist after he was admitted, who said in the end he chose to leave quietly. Some reasons one might think he did not fake his death is because he was aiming to start his own recording label, Machiavelli Records. In spite of his death, Tupac has completed two movies, three LPs, and continues to appear on other artists' albums. Merchandise sales skyrocket after an artist is killed. Perhaps Tupac completed all this work so that he could release them after his faked death in order to cash in on the controversy surrounding it. Or perhaps he continues to work and cash in on his death. But he had told many people he was planning on releasing all those LPs under Machiavelli so he could earn more money. So the theory now turns to maybe Suge Knight had him killed to reap the rewards of unreleased music. Tupac's fame was still on the rise, and it would be a great motive for Suge to have killed Pac. Las Vegas is known as a payoff city, and Suge Knight could have used this to his advantage in his conspiracy to murder Tupac by paying an employee at the hospital, MGM Grand. I guess only Suge will know. Tupac was an avid fan of body armor. He constantly wore a bulletproof vest wherever he went in public. But for some reason, he was not wearing one while in the 1996 BMW on September 7th with Suge Knight. Suge Knight was caught on surveillance cameras at the MGM Grand telling Tupac to take off his vest because it was hot. Why would he not want him wearing the vest unless he intended to have him shot? Oddly, Tupac complied, probably agreeing it was warm and that they were safe. I also found it odd that the vehicle that Tupac and Suge Knight were in during the shooting was shot 12 times, yet Suge Knight was not even hit once. Instead, he was grazed by shrapnel. Another theory is that Sean Diddy Combs paid for the hit on Tupac. Well, it all started when Biggie Small's murder case was reopened by his mother in 2006. Biggie Small's mother, Voletta Wallace, sued the LAPD for an estimated sum of $500 million based on the popular conspiracy theory that the police covered up the death of her son. The case was consequently reopened in 2006 and handed to LAPD Detective Greg Carding, who discovered more than he was hoping for. <laughs> 
The first thing to note is that Detective Carding claims the death of the notorious B.I.G. and Tupac were related. While investigating Biggie's death, he discovered new information linking both cases. Based on three years of working on the case, Detective Greg Carding came to the conclusion that Sean Puff Daddy Combs put a $1 million hit on both Tupac Shakur and Suge Knight following the highly publicized rap beef involving himself and Big E. Carding claims the music mogul had close gang ties in LA and hired Crip member Dwayne Keith, who goes by the street name Keith D, to carry out the hit. Carding claims that Tupac was killed by Crip's gang member Orlando Baby Lane Anderson. He alleges that the original hit was supposed to be carried out by Keith D, but plans were changed at the last minute after they unexpectedly pulled up on the wrong side of Tupac's vehicle. So Keith's nephew carried out the hit instead, killing Tupac and injuring Suge Knight. Interestingly, Baby Lane was also the one to get into a fistfight with Pac at a Vegas casino hours before the shooting took place. Detective Carding claims that Biggie did not play any part in the murder of Tupac, despite their well-documented rap beef. He says that B.I.G. was not aware of Diddy's plans to kill both Shakur and his manager, Suge Knight. After narrowly avoiding death in the murder of Tupac, Death Row Records boss Suge Knight allegedly retaliated by hiring a Bloods gang member to kill the notorious B.I.G. The hitman shot and killed Biggie after he was traveling home from a party thrown by Vibe magazine. Interestingly, the documentary also claims that Knight saw Tupac's killer and actually went to the same school as hired hitman Keith D. Both Orlando, Baby Lane Anderson, and Wardell Pucci Faust have reportedly died of apparent unrelated causes. So even if the claims made in the documentary were true, the men who were allegedly directly responsible for the murders of Tupac and Biggie are no longer here to face punishment. So really that's all there is to it. If it was a hit, it's covered up and won't be revealed unless on a deathbed by someone involved. The facts line up that Tupac Shakur was murdered that September 7th, 1996. There have been many sightings of the late rapper, but many details of the sightings don't add up. Many facial features don't add up in the photography taken, not to mention not one video of anyone approaching said Tupac has come out. All these sightings appear in different places, in different times. Some sightings have been in Mexico, some sightings have been in Malaysia, 
Some sightings have been in Cuba, some in the United States itself. However, in the 21st century, with Photoshop and photo editing being highly feasible, said photos of Tupac must be taken with a grain of salt. So until then, his legend lives through our speakers. Tupac changed the life of so many people, from his relationships, his acting career, to his never-fading music. The Thug Life motto will live on forever. My opinion on the matter is I believe that Suge Knight put the hit on Tupac. I believe that Suge Knight had a vault of Tupac's unreleased music, and it was all owned by Suge Knight because of the contracts he made Tupac sign. Some of these contracts really didn't do Tupac well. They gave most of the royalties to Suge Knight and Death Row Records, and that was mostly because Suge Knight had paid off Tupac's bail. So he had owed Suge Knight about $500,000 or more. Tupac would buy and lease expensive cars, all under the Death Row Records label, putting him more in debt to Suge Knight. So my opinion would be that Suge Knight wanted Tupac to be killed, to rise his stardom to untold heights, and have this vault of music that he could release throughout the years and cash in on Tupac's stardom. Knight is currently serving prison time, though, for crashing his car into two men and killing Terry Carter. The second victim, Cly Salone, suffered a mangled foot and head injuries. Witnesses claimed Knight followed the men to a burger stand parking lot after an argument on the Straight Out of Compton film set, and that the collision looked intentional. Security footage showed Knight running over both men. Knight claimed he acted in self-defense. So Knight currently won't be making any money off of the Tupac estate. In 2004, Afini Shakur married Gust Davis Jr. In that same year, her biography, Afini Shakur, Evolution of a Revolutionary, was released. In her biography, Afini Shakur reflected in her childhood experiences and her upbringing as well as her involvement in the Black Panther Party. In her book, she stated that the party educated and directed her to channel her anger. This gave her hope, which she had mentioned she had never experienced. Exactly one year after her son's death, with revenue from the albums released posthumously, Afini Shakur founded the Georgia-based Tupac Amaru Shakur Foundation to provide art programs for young people and Amaru Entertainment, a holding company for all of Tupac's unreleased material. She was a comfort to many grieving mothers after the death of her son Tupac and traveled across America giving speeches at events. She also launched a fashion clothing line, Machiavelli Branded, 
Afini Shakur was not involved in the production of All Eyes on Me, a film based on Tupac's life, stating she felt betrayed by her lawyer who made the deal with the production company Morgan Creek against her wishes. When she learned of the deal, she fired her lawyer, hired new ones, and fought against the contract and production company. She went to court several times, spending millions of dollars, which she stated led her to selling the Tupac Amaru Shakur Center for the Arts, eventually settling for an undisclosed amount of money. Afini Shakur was reportedly in federal court on July 20th, 2007, to file an injunction to prevent Death Row Records from selling any unreleased material from Tupac after the company failed to prove that the unreleased songs were not part of its bankruptcy settlement. Afini Shakur died at a hospital in Greenbrae, California at around 10.28 p.m. on May 2nd, 2016, after going into cardiac arrest at her home earlier in the evening. She was 69 and she was cremated. Thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes of Higher Theories on Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you listen to your favorite podcast. If you want to help out, a quick review on whatever podcast directory you use does the best. Thank you and stay strange.